Good morning again. When I accepted the opportunity to speak today, um, the Lord placed on my heart a passage of Scripture and, um, and a thought, something that I'd been musing on for a little while, and my study uh, took, the place, took place in the form of a lot of conversations with many people. And so uh, you know who you are as we've tested ideas and, and talked about things here uh, I thank you for it. I thank you for your support in prayer and for dialoguing with me. This morning's sermon is titled, It's Not, who you are, it's not What You Do, It's Who You Are. And when I say that, specifically, the emphasis on what you do is that of a vocational nature. So I'm not disagreeing with the book of James that shows, says, you know, show me your faith by what you do. Um, but I'm saying that our society has um, largely um, switched that and, and tied up our identity with our vocation. Historically, uh, doing flowed out of being. Uh, your family's vocation became your vocation. Um, if they had a bakery, you turned into a baker. Um, and I believe after World War II, our culture began to shift with the mindset that you can do anything that you want to do with little or no consideration for being. Now we assume that our identity, our being, is determined by what we do. And what we do is totally up to us to decide for ourselves. It isn't the rearranging of work that's new, but the assumption that you can find a job that fulfills your being. That is more revolutionary than we realize. In addition to this, we spend an enormous amount of time rearranging life with choices about relationships, children, communities, churches, houses, and other possessions, thinking that we will eventually construct an identity that we find fulfilling. You cannot determine who you are by what you do. In a social setting, whether it's a wedding or a school activity for our children or a cocktail hour, some work-related venue or something like that, we're anxious <clears throat> to say what we do or to ask another person, what do you do? I suppose it's contextual and it helps us figure them out or think about them, but imagine answering the question, tell me about yourself who you are, who you really are, without telling me what you do. Just think about answering that question. How would you answer that question? In our news this past two weeks, we had before us the suicides of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain. They're both on the cover of the most current issue of People magazine. Kate Spade created a business product line which at its core was the image of its founder 
as a self-confident, well-adjusted, whimsical, powerful woman. The image she created, what she did in her own mind, did not allow her to get the help she so desperately needed. She was defined by what she did, and it killed her. Anthony Bourdain, the original rock star of the culinary world, with his irreverent lifestyle, his confident, self-assured swagger, he was at the top of his game, stating he had just had the best meal of his life. Success and money beyond his wildest dreams. Parts Unknown, recently filmed in Hong Kong, that was where he said that he'd had his best meal. He said it was the most intensely satisfying experience of my professional life and a show that I am giddy about and especially proud of. That was from May 30th, Hollywood Reporter. No one saw this coming, CNN News. He had more than his wildest dreams, and they didn't save him from himself, from his own loneliness. The truth is that if God is not creating our lives, then those around us are. There's no such thing as a self-constructed life. There is only being in Christ, or there is nothingness that others create for us. Galatians chapter 5, and in verse 1 we read, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Just a few thoughts on this passage. Um, where it says um, that the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I have to say that 
as I've read this passage for years and years, I've always allowed it to say to me, don't like yourself or don't love yourself. Um, and I think that's true for a lot of us. That, that's how, we, how we've read that. But I, I believe God is saying differently. It says, love your neighbor as yourself, which means it's okay to love ourselves in Christ, in what he's done for us, in who he's made us. That we can be comfortable in our own skin, not always wishing that we were something else or somebody else or somewhere else in our lives. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's where the balance comes in. That's where the difficulty lies. I could, I could become very good at loving myself. And I could pamper myself and satisfy all of my needs and not think at all to my neighbor. So just a, maybe a fresh way of looking at that. Think about the balance that's involved there in love your neighbor as yourself. And the freedom that we're set free is, um, if we look at verse 15, so we're looking at verses 14 and 15 here, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Brothers and sisters here, we have the capability of biting and devouring one another. Um, it says that uh, in verse 13, um, that we were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So as we're here as a body of Christians here at Terrell Road Bible Chapel from communities that are close or far, God is calling us not to bite and devour one another, not to gossip about one another, not to be mean to each other, not to put each other down in any way, not so that we can elevate ourselves. But the freedom that we have in Christ is through love that we can serve one another. Christ has set us free in freedom. Stand fast, therefore, and do not be held again in the yoke of bondage. We're called as Christians to be free. Isn't that a beautiful thought? This is what it means to be a Christian, to be free. Christianity is not bondage. Amen? Um, but we could make it bondage. We could assign so much to ourselves, impose rules and regulations and various things. We're called to be free. And in that freedom, we're called to love one another and to serve one another, not satisfy our flesh. When it talks about the flesh, the flesh is our human nature. This list of kind of base things that's here, we have a freedom from sin, not freedom to sin. We have an unrestricted liberty to approach God as his children. We, when we pray, we often say, Heavenly Father. Jesus, when he taught his disciples to pray, when they asked him, the opening of, of his prayer was, this is how you should pray. Our Father 
what could be said about the beginning of that prayer is just a beautiful thing. God is personal. He's ours. And he's our father. We can call him daddy. We were sitting around um, the table at dinner last night and talking about perhaps things that happen in chance. A song that's played that calls to remembrance something. Um, how you just perceive the beauty of your surroundings and creation. Would it be wrong to just think of that as a gift from our Father in Heaven who knows everything rather than think of, oh, this was a chance thing that happened or this bird flew by and, and I enjoyed it, but that God who's in control of everything sent that as a special gift for you. Um, it changes your outlook. Our Father, what a beautiful thought. And we have freedom, freedom to approach him as such. That's what it means to be a Christian. Think back to the challenge to tell me who you are without telling me what you do. In our society, in our culture today, um, the unsaved, if you will, whether it's in your workplace or in your locker room or in your classroom or on the street, think about what people celebrate. Oh, this weekend, I, I don't even remember the concert that I went to because they were so drunk or high. Um, or the exploitation of other people. Um, if we're listening, we hear these conversations. They're all around us. And so the so-called freedom that the world tells us, I mean, think about what's in the news in our world today. There's freedom to, to be as base as you want. I don't even know how many sexual uh, definitions there are in New York City right now. Police officers are being trained for how to approach people on genders that they are identifying with today, um, but maybe not tomorrow. That's the freedom that our culture and our society in America is offering us right now, and it's wrong, and it's sin. And if you think that the list that was here in Galatians chapter 5 isn't sufficient, that you could go through it and say, not guilty, um, Think about the terrifying final phrase of that list where it says, and things like these. The, the writer Paul here, I think, is allowing you to fill in your own blank. If you think you have it together and you're, you're not on that list in any way, well, just think about the things like these that are the works of your flesh. When we had Ken Barrett here, um, some time back, he spoke about the seven deadly sins. And the overarching theme was this idea of running the race and laying aside the sin that so easily besets us. And what he said is that my sin may be different than your sin. I may not struggle with 
what you struggle with. I may even have a hard time identifying with what you struggle with, but I have my own struggles. I have my own things that I have to deal with. I have my own sin that would so easily beset me, and I need to lay that aside. It's clear that the works of the flesh here are very much what we do. It's not what you do. It's who you are. And here, the works of the flesh that are outlined here are very much what I do. Now, to the freedom that I have in Christ. Who I am because of him. Who I am because of what he's done for me. Who I can be because he has set me free so that I'm not held by a yoke of bondage. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. How is this list different from the first list? This list is not about what I do, but who I am. We've heard sermons on it. We could open up this passage in so many ways, but simply put, I am loving. Can we say that? I am joyful. I am peaceful. I am kind. I am good. I am faithful. I am gentle. I have self-control. Can that be said about us? Can, can, we, can I say those things? Can I say that that is me thinking about telling you about myself? Can, would I include any of those things as I try to describe who I am? None of these things in this list are really about doing. Sure, they affect what I do. They affect how I live. They change my life. I do certain things because I am loving, because I am joyful, and so on. But really, these things are about being. They're all about being. It's not what you do. It's who you are. So let us think carefully about what we allow to define us. Is it what we do or who we are? Is it what we do or will it be who we are in Christ? That's my challenge for you this morning. And that's my sermon. So we're early, but I'm going to close in prayer. And then some of the musicians are going to come back up and play a song that I've asked them to play. The words will be displayed. Um, I think it's a great ending to this sermon. Um, the, it's written by some Christian artists. Um, and look at the words carefully and think about it. It's called Live It Well. Father, we thank you that 
we can call you Father. What a blessing and comfort that is. What a joy it is to think of the little things that that we see in your creation that happen in our day-to-day lives that we could think of as gifts from you as a loving Father. We thank you for your word that through it you've chosen to reveal yourself to us so that we can know you. We thank you that we're set free, that we're not in bondage as Christians, but we're free. We're free to love one another. We're free to serve one another. We're free to care for one another. We're free to worship you. We're free to be lights to our communities. So as the world around us is darkness in so many ways, desperate people leading desperate lives that they're trying to create for their own and in their own way, let us be new creations in you that we would be defined by who we are because of your Holy Spirit in us and your change in our lives. We thank you for the fruit of the Spirit that they can divine us, that we can be loving and kind and joyful and gentle and have self-control to be patient, to care for one another. We pray that we would love one another the way we should, that we would adore you for who you are and all of your greatness. Let us encourage each other and build each other up in our faiths this week. We ask all this in the Lord Jesus' name, amen. Take the burden from my arms Take the anchor off my lungs Take me broken and make me one Break the silence and make it a song Life is short, I want to live it well one life, one story to tell Life is short, I want to live it well And you're the one I'm living for Awaken all my soul Every breath that you take is a miracle Life is short, I want to live it well I want to sing with all my heart a lifelong song even if some notes come out right and some come out wrong Cause I can't take none of that through the door Yeah, I'm living for more than just a funeral I wanna burn brighter than the dawn Life is short, I wanna live it well One life, one story to tell Life is short, I want to live it well You're the one I'm living for Awaken all my soul Every breath that you take is a miracle Life is short, I want to live it well I've got one life 
Cause with one heartbeat and two hands to give, I got one shot and one life to live, one life to live. One story to tell Life is short, I want to live it well And you're the one I'm living for Awaken all my soul Every breath that you take is a miracle Life is short, I want to live it well Life is short, I want to live it well One life, one story to tell Life is short, I want to live it well And you're the one I'm living for Awaken all my soul Every breath that you take is a miracle Life is short, I want to live it well Happy Father's Day.